Okay, so we begin from where we are and then enter into Savitri. Just to give a little background, so you know there is a story of uh, Veda Vyasa that he wrote so many Vedas and rather compiled them, Puranas, and so many Mahabharata, beautiful scriptures, but still there was something which he felt incomplete. And as if something seeks expression but has not yet been expressed, till Narada points out that you have not yet expressed the Leela of the Lord, without which all other things that you have given remain incomplete. And so we know it's the birth of Bhagavat, Srimad Bhagavat. So we see also in Shobindo's life, if ever there is one after Vyasa who has written so prolifically on such profound subjects, many of his writings, of course his writings started one pre-independence period during the revolutionary struggle. Lot of writings include certain essays, articles, newspapers. Then, subsequently, after coming to Pondicherry, particularly between 1914 to 1920, and much of the major works we see written during that period, they were laying the broad foundations of yoga, of what life should be, what creation is, what it will become. And then there is another set of writings which are letters on yoga. So, letters on yoga are basically interaction with disciples and they are extremely practical, simple, more like we have these various challenges in life and in yoga and how to go through them, how to use everything for our Godward growth. But from 1916 onwards and more specifically after 1927 onwards when the mother took complete charge of the ashram, he engaged himself with Savitri. And it continued and continued and continued till the very end. So, so much so that Shurbindo at one point says it's my most important work and he didn't want to delay it at all as he saw that uh, the clouds of Second World War and then subsequently he had to swallow the poison of the earth emerging from human nature which was the inner reason for his withdrawal. But he wanted to complete Savitri. That was the whole story. It's like his most precious gift to humanity. And I could say this, uh, having read many of these uh, scriptures which are prevalent in India and outside, having read Shurabindo's works, Mother's works, other works, that if all of them you were not to read any of them, just keep them aside. And if only Savitri was there, it is enough to do whatever magic needs to be done through Shurabindo's touch. It is so powerful. Mother goes on to say that, well, uh, if you read Savitri, it, it is doing yoga. So just reading Savitri is engaging in yoga. She also says that Savitri can take you to the highest states of consciousness and the transformation without the need of a guru. Her words. Each line of it is a mantra. It's a mantra of transformation. So this is tremendous importance. Both Sri and the mother gave to Savitri. And he worked on this Savitri for 12 times, draft after draft, because he wanted to bring the highest possible states of consciousness into a framework of sound 
and word it's not so easy because those states are not so accommodating nirod baran asked him you have all the inspiration at your command why do you have to work again and again on savitri and he said the highest planes are not so accommodating at all as we think them to be we can take a simple example that if i open the door and look outside and if we ask to describe the scene so how would we describe it somebody would say you know i can see the sea and you know the sky is overcast and it's raining and there's some people moving etc etc from different angles we will describe but the real experience from that state is not of things which are being seen as distinctly and different you are all these things together that's the highest state of consciousness is where you are all these different different seemings now that should been the wanted to bring into savitri now that is the challenge because human language is not equipped to do it by its very nature language means you have to describe successively so how do you you know navigate through these challenges by using images where at several levels the same truth is operating and just before we came we had a very nice discussion um, sampada was reminding something very beautiful that you know you can look at it from that side and say that ocean becomes a drop right and look at it from this side and this drop enlarges into an ocean and i was reminded of a line from savitri a passage how shubindu describes in similar way that a miracle of the absolute was born all ocean lived within a wandering drop now you see now this is an image you use the image to at one level look at it yes it's so true but it also creates an aha feeling that yes that's so true we are nothing but you know drops of that ocean but we are not separate drops very often people use this image that you know bond ko samudra mein mil jana hai the the drop is never separate from the ocean it is only when we live in the consciousness of the drop that we may feel we are separate now when we feel like that we feel the whole ocean is conspiring against us but when we live in the consciousness of the ocean then it's not conspiring against us there is nothing but delight you see the difference between the two perspectives so there is a, a kind of life we lead on the surface which we can use as the story of a life and that's how we'll connect it to the story of savitri which is a life lived from the perspective of the little drop not even perhaps the drop but maybe a molecule of the drop so that's called the ego self and we write that story i was born in so and so in so and so family and you know i grew up like this i studied this i did a job and so on at the end of it well i have reserved myself a place in so and so uh, crematorium and some people are so attached that at least meri achhi si photo frame karke rakh lena they don't mind becoming at the end of it a photo frame and they are very happy about it not knowing that later on it'll just gather dust so this is one part of our story very surface story where we come out of maybe like a bubble and then we vanish back into that but behind it you know somebody if see it sees only this story would paint a very dismal picture of life it doesn't need much intelligence or much deep spiritual wisdom to understand that if life is only this where we are born we live we die then it's absurd isn't it it doesn't need much thought 
we think so much about ourselves same way our great grandfathers thought about themselves and where are they we don't even know probably the coming generations won't even remember but in their own age at their time they thought too big about themselves now if you look at it only from the surface what is this story men are born they live they die they put on a name form do some work they feel it's great but ultimately it's a bubble but shobindo reveals to us and some of the great scriptures reveal to us that there is an inner story of life which is running beyond birth to death it is running from birth to death from death to birth and so on and so forth and that story is written inside like a running script in fact when we look from within outward we will see that outer life is actually trying to unfold this inner script but very clumsily because we don't always cooperate with it or rather the ego self does not understand it and very often distorts like you know a child who comes to the kitchen and when mama is making some dish he says why don't you put this so if he keeps doing several times what would the mama say you please play i'll make a nice dish for you and then serve it so our ego self is constantly distorting the original script because it lives in ignorance that is the fundamental thing it doesn't know but it believes it knows that makes it worse ignorance is fine as long as we know it is ignorance and we strive to come out of it but ignorance is dangerous when we believe it is knowledge and truth and remain stuck there so this is the two levels at which our story takes place but there is a third level of our story and that's where savitri begins with we are not just separate human beings who have number of lives behind us and number even that is a disconnected thing meri zindagi mere past lives meri future lives isn't it we are connected with the whole creation oh, sorry, sorry, yeah now the third so layer the first, first is the superficial story i am born in a family i studied i did this job etc the second is our inner being where there is a larger story a deeper script which is running beyond a lifetime running through many lifetime but still it's an individual story and the third which is like a superscript is the cosmic story which is unfolding through us so you see we are interconnected not just in the way that you know we are interconnected there is one way to understand that well we are interconnected with you know everything and it's it again science understands it common sense tells us everything in this universe is connected with each other but there is something else behind it this interconnectedness is not a mechanical interconnectedness it's part of a big plan it's an unfolding of a cosmic story where we all have our roles to play and we all have our specific places and we have to discover it that you know gives a great joy that gives a great unexpectedness that also creates this the touch of danger and many things so this third level of story where we have the cosmic story unfolding in the life of man so we can look at from this side and proceed there that well my story isme what is the importance of my inner life so many people will say it doesn't matter what matters is now what i am doing cosmic story they would say it is irrelevant 
So obviously Savitri is not for them. If somebody is looking just for a, you know, uh, how to do my everyday life. But if you look at it from another angle, the other point, Shurabindos, as I said, the vision is from the other side. Then you will see that it's a cosmic story which is unfolding through an individual. And I need to know it. It's not just about my story. It's about everybody's story. So Savitri is about the cosmic story, the cosmic drama. That's why it's also called a cosmic poem, which is unfolding through our lives in each one in its own way. So what really is the drama? Sriyarbindo speaks about in his own words about the story itself. Outwardly, we know, we all, I think, are aware of so, story of Savitri and Satyavan. You know, we are all from Indian tradition background. We all know <laughs> what is the story. It's recounted every year. And uh, we know how Savitri goes and saves Satyavan from the clutches of death. And it, somebody may say, it's all right, good, no big deal. My Satyavan still dies. Okay, so <laughs> she saved her Satyavan. Very nice. And it's... Uh, uh, I may do the three-day what Savitri Katha, but still my Satyavan <laughs> goes away. <laughs> That's how modern generation would ask. But it's not about one person, Savitri and Satyavan, or just bringing back the dead to life. It is something much deeper. And that we find in the author's note. The tale of Satyavan and Savitri is recited in the Mahabharata as a story of conjugal love conquering death. Now, uh, see, look at the choice of words. Conjugal love is a very human love. We understand that, you know, there are instances where people have loved the divine and therefore they have conquered death. Markande, for example. Narada, Hanuman. But how can conjugal love, not just human love, conjugal love can conquer death? Now here, the principle is that behind all the love which we see in appearance, there is the principle of love which is the same. There are no two loves. There is only one love which is in the whole creation. And we have to purify our whatever love we are engaged in, whether it's love for our job or creatures or husband, wife or hundred things, friends. We have to purify and touch that principle, that divine love which is in everything. And if we can do it, we can change the way life is. So, what really is death here? Conjugal love is this, taken to its height. Death is basically a denial ultimately of any effort to establish divinity here. You see, we can have beautiful experiences inside. But the moment you try to establish divinity here, see what happens. Great avatars have come. We hear the stories of Krishna, Rama, Buddha, Shurabindo, Mother, so many have come. But eventually at some point they withdraw. Now when they withdraw, something remains. Their consciousness remains, the memory remains and things are okay. They, they are enough to inspire us for 1000 years, 2000 years. But eventually things begin to fade. Other things take over, darkness takes over. So why this happens? Inwardly they are always there. There are still people who can withdraw within and have the vision of Krishna. But life on earth remains same. So that's why it's called a field of death. Field of death means that darkness, ignorance, unconsciousness, inconscience has an upper hand here. 
they are the ones who are the ruler masters or so they believe <laughs> so it's like they were given a lease contract that look you know you have to build this place so they had to dig up the soil so they dug the soil now another set of workers have to come in but they say no no we we won't go we have worked so hard okay we'll give you money go no 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 we want this place because now they know they know something a beautiful mall is going to come up here so they want their stake in the place they claim their stake so they continue to stay and that creates chaos that creates confusion they are the ones who have worked originally and they have created this field and they won't allow anything else because the moment light begins to come they naturally feel uncomfortable they feel left out they are jobless they have to just go away so they continue to stay here and that is the big challenge of creation because the forces that have gone into play in the beginning want to persist till the very end they had their role ignorance had its role it's like you know when a child is a baby you imagine a child born at and has all the knowledge like shukdev somebody <laughs> well what is brahman so what will the child do either he'll just leave the body because the body is totally inadequate to manifest that knowledge or when he is little bit able to walk he'll say okay mom dad bye bye tata i am getting into trance so ignorance is needed because this unfolding has to be a step by step process otherwise he'll just get burnt off it's a premature onrush of too much of light so ignorance darkness allows the light to come in it's not a absence of light but it's a slow process so that our eyes can get accustomed imagine you wake up in the morning and it's bright sun is frightening almost oh my god the first impulse is to close the eyes isn't it so that's why there is ignorance as a step to step unfolding of the journey so we have this death but the legend is as shown by many features of the human tale the one of the many symbolic myths of the vedic cycle many of our stories are very symbolic and i am not i am resisting the temptation of touching upon indian myths because they are wonderful uh, symbolic stories so let's focus on savitri so what is the symbol satyavan is the soul carrying the divine truth of being within itself but descended into the grip of death and ignorance so now immediately shubhendra is connecting with it, it with us so all of us have our home elsewhere and we have entered into this field now it changes the perspective see if i go into my office and you know office situation is bad then i know i have to do a work here i have to make it more beautiful and then i have to go back and this is my home but if i feel i am condemned to remain in the office forever by some weird agency who is cruel and dark then i'll find a way to escape from the office because well i don't know why i am here but when we are conscious that i have gone to office to work out something then it's a different story so satyavan is us our soul not us our ego self but the deepest self which has entered into this field come into this field of ignorance and death and has come into its grip which is what we all experience but and that's the beauty we are not alone savitri is the divine word daughter of the sun goddess of the supreme truth who comes down and is born to save so now the story of one becomes the story of two 
we the human soul and the divine mother they are always together in this journey we know it or we know it not when a child is playing outside doesn't know that mom is preparing a nice dish he is engaged with the play he gets hurt he enjoys when he comes back he says mama i am i am you know i am badly hurt then what does the mama say don't worry washes it gives a nice bath put some ointment then says come i have got some nice food for you and the child says, ah so nice just hugs and that's the end of the matter so there is someone with us whom we do not know and this is the revelation of that someone savitri is ultimately the story of the divine mother and her descent into creation it's not a one time descent when mother was asked um, about this she says my child i have never left the earth since its inception she's always there we don't know because we have so many other persons whom we turn to save us if i have a problem we are told you have 108 you have you know 901 you have this person we have all the emergency numbers we don't have the emergency number of god and it's the simplest number you know that's what i keep saying we have om chanting and it's a profound word no doubt about it but which is the word naturally which not not a cow, not a forget the human child even a baby cow knows ma i mean it's the simplest word and you connect this is our hotline it's our in case of emergency but the world has forgotten it why because on one side we had vedantic truth with its great impress upon the human mind now vedanta is great but it leans on the purusha side which means divine is there he is a presence in creation you go to him you have this path you have that path you have karma yoga bhakti yoga gyan yoga this yoga that yoga and so many now fraud yogas <laughs> all kinds of things where you have to do it of course at the end when you are near him you say okay now i have reached so far can you pick me so he says from his pristine purity yes i'll pick you out and then you discover all is shivoham shivoham sachidananda isn't it? that's what we have been taught but if we turn towards the divine mother i am not talking of tantra right now tantra turns towards the divine mother but not immediately the highest through all the various energies of the divine mother much like the vedas this devi that devi we have how many thousands of devis just as we have thousands of devatas and one after another we are like oh, passing the parcel so sometime we are in the hand of a good devi and she treats us very nicely then we are in the hands of kali karali who says slay the ego that is also devi we don't realize then again we go to this ultimately we reach the divine mother but what shobindra is revealing is a still deeper secret the divine mother herself in all her glory is here in creation and when we turn to divine mother then the whole path changes what does a mother do you see when you are in a problem and you call up dads dad will give you advice on phone right most dads will do that if you need money he'll organize he'll talk to what will mother's heart do i must go there isn't it reach out that difference is there so we have in creation 
a story of divine mother and the human soul which is something unique and unprecedented nowhere we find this kind of a relationship between the divine and the human soul as is revealed in savitri so this is the second part but who holds the divine mother here brings down that is ashwapati the human father of savitri someone who does a tremendous tapasya and because you know that's a tremendous power who will hold her some something on earth if she puts her feet on earth this earth will melt imagine just imagine the galaxies and the material power behind it imagine layers and layers of universes and that power who will hold it let me start with a just a small description of that power wow i have opened that page without knowing yeah i had not marked it <laughs> lovely page 276 what is that glory and this is not yet the transcendent mother is about the world mother but thought nor word can seize eternal truth the whole world lives in a lonely ray of her sun the whole world which we give so much importance to is just a ray of her sun in our thinking's close and narrow lamp lit house the vanity of our shut mortal mind dreams that the chains of thought have made her ours so you know we have various people ask how do i understand savitri how do i understand the scriptures plunge into the ocean live the scripture live the truth become that rejoice in that just to know that there is something so wonderful and then our hearts open because the moment we try to understand the problem with understanding is it believes i have understood but who can understand the infinite so again in our thinking scenario so it's not about how many commentaries to write on savitri and you know discuss and debate it's not for that we have to give ourselves tying her down it is ourselves we tie so we have so many cult sects and you know vyakhyas in our hypnosis by one luminous point we see not what small figure of her we hold countless forms and aspects and we just pick up one and we think that's it but we how can we even sense that infinity it's like bringing water from the ocean putting it in a jar and saying you know ocean is here well it's here fine you are right technically you are right can i swim into it no can i take delight in it no what if i keep it for long it will grow stale so it's true ocean is here but it's very different from plunging into the ocean and taking the delight of the ocean so all our vyakhyas are like this they are putting the ocean in a jar and while it has its utility to start with yeah yeah there is something called the ocean which tastes differently from all our water <laughs> but plunge into that we share not her immortal liberty thus is it even with the seer and sage for still the human limits the divine so what we should do out of our th- of our thoughts we must leap up to sight as long as we remain tied to thought thinking mind analysis this that some people you know this start reading shobindra and they say we can't proceed beyond 
हाफ अ सेंटेंस सेम थिंग दे से विथ सावित्री वाई बिकॉज समझ नहीं आ रही इट्स नॉट मेंट फॉर दैट जस्ट रीड आफ्टर ए वाइल यू स्टार्ट एक्सपीरियंसिंग द जॉय एंड द अंडरस्टैंडिंग विल कम फ्रॉम विद इन दैट्स कॉल्ड अवेकनिंग ऑफ द साइट यू नो वेन ए चाइल्ड इज अ स्लीप एंड द मदर इज वेकिंग द चाइल्ड इज इन द ड्रीम वर्ल्ड इट डजेंट नो इट्स इज मदर सो वट इज द चाइल्ड मे थिंक मे थिंक कौन है डिस्टर्ब कर रहा है है ना हु इज सम क्रूएल फेलो ई मे से सडन थिंग्स ऑल्सो आवर अंडरस्टैंडिंग इज लाइक दैट आवर आईज आर क्लोज एंड वी आर ट्राइंग टू अंडरस्टैंड हु इज दिस डिवाइन मदर बट वेन द आईज ओपन वॉट इज ओ मामा मामा इसे बचे टाइम हो गया so out of our thoughts we must leap up to sight this sight savitri awakens we don't have to look for some how to awaken the sight this is a work we will see that also out of our thoughts we must leap up to sight breathe her divine illimitable air her simple vast supremacy confess dare to surrender to her absolute so people may ask this question all right we'll surrender but where is the divine mother somebody will say that well pondicherry she is there no 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 i don't believe in that now what to do with such a person so shivindu said okay let me put it in a more secular way she is here so she he has put that consciousness in savitri it is the mother's consciousness and that's the beauty see best is if one can have the revelation of the divine mother and plunge into her gone then it's over but it's difficult Shivendra knows that there are many for whom it's very difficult, but probably reading a book, thinking it's a book, three hundred rupees people buy. We have heard about Savitri. Let me read. But what is happening through Savitri? We are coming in contact with the Divine Mother's consciousness. Not this way, but another way. So what we are doing? We are breathing her air. You know, there is a. Uh, we were told like a tale in when we were children. That whenever you read Ramayana, Hanuman ji aage baith jaate hain. You know, I think we all have. So that means the first benefit of Ramayana is that we are in touch with Hanuman's consciousness. Otherwise, so difficult. So when we read Savitri, we can take it that we start breathing Mother's atmosphere, and that's why Mother puts it very beautifully with all humility. the time spent in its atmosphere is never wasted <laughs> this is an atmosphere of the book you know shubindu's book sometimes just just do this as an experiment take few books keep in a cupboard with a glass case don't read do nothing just pass by and you will see that there is something which draws you and pulls you something which is different something isn't it atmosphere imagine reading what atmosphere it would create So here is the atmosphere, and then we have to surrender. We can't understand Savitri, but Savitri understands us. <laughs> She will make sure we understand what we need to understand. She will make us understand. She will create the sight. So that's what surrender means. So the whole yoga changes. Then the unmanifest reflects his form in the still mind as in a living glass. One of the effects of reading Savitri is it quietens the mind, stills the mind. Suddenly we'll feel that just reading, that the mind is going to a height where it no more understands anything. बहुत अच्छा है, you know, is there is a very nice uh, 
उर्दू कपलेट मुझे बेखुदी की तूने भली चास नहीं चटाई डिवाइन इन दैट मेड मी टेस्ट चाशनी को क्या बोलेंगे स्वीट शुगर सिरप सावित्रीडिंग otherwise if you want just simple understanding then let us on yoga there but they are not complete this is the completest truth in savitri and from the highest vantage point the timeless ray descends into our hearts look this what we were speaking about the timeless ray descends into our hearts and we are wrapped into eternity it is light we don't have an occult vision so we don't see it somebody with an occult vision will say oh what is this light coming all all through <laughs> light will do its effect whether we like it or not why because this is a capsule of light these words and sounds are nothing but capsules see even ordinary word is like a capsule when when you say somebody go away so what it does it hits you hard what is hit not physically and sometimes can hit so hard that you can become a kalidas you know kalidas his wife said go away this man went away and became a kalidas look at you know the power of words ordinary word uttered in a state of anger imagine word supreme truth and that too from the seer vision and mouth pen of shurbindo what magic it can do so it's a word which has power within it so this is the whole we are wrapped into eternity the timeless ray for truth is wider greater than her forms don't limit that is one of the things otherwise when we limit scriptural knowledge or something like savitri then we really speaking uh, limit ourselves let us always keep a door that there is something more than what i have understood this fundamental humility you know in bonsai we have this no that when somebody makes tips and keeps the scissor there this is a tradition why because maybe another master can come and make it more perfect how beautiful this is so whatever we may understand today will be nothing compared to what i may understand tomorrow and whatever i may understand at the end of creation still there would be something beyond and it makes life so fascinating you know the moment we start believing that i have understood then we have become fossilized dinosaurs specimen for glass cage what is the use of being that you know people begin to grow old when we start the ah ji mainu pata hai i know it all i don't need anybody else to tell me this is a dangerous you know situation i know it that's it but when we say that how much ever i may know even if the whole world believes and i have actually reached the highest tip of creation still she is infinite that's what is called in the gita is the highest bhakta who is him he is the knower of brahman knower of the divine so somebody may say if you know him how are you a bhakta because there is always something which remains unknowable infinite a thousand icons they have made of her and find her in the idols they adore but she remains herself and infinite so how to bring that power on earth 
Ashupati does this work. In every age, avatar comes to bring something of that divine glory and power and manifest on earth. But most of the time, the power remains behind. Because if she unveils herself, creation will vanish. So we see in Ramayana, Sita remains behind. At one point she says, that you think uh, Rama killed Ravan. In fact, in Adhyatma Ramayana, it is there that Sita does the final blow. But she becomes captive, goes there. Why? Because she gives Ravana a chance to transform. But she doesn't want to overshoot by revealing her power. Then Ravana would not even catch her. So he, she wants to give him a chance. You change, you change, you change. You don't change. Anyways, you are finished. So she remains in the background. In Krishna avatar, Radha remains in the background. She is the one who is the inspiration for Krishna. Even on the battlefield, it is Radha's love which sustains him. But she remains in the background. With Christ, we know how Mother Mary remains in the background. With Buddha, now they talk about it and it's good in Bodhgaya. They have at least started dedicating a temple to Sujata. She comes and tells him, look, you know what you are missing? You are missing this. Neither overstrain yourself and then she goes away. Because this is the, perhaps that's how in all homes, no, women remain in the background. Everybody, but Shuravinda says enough is enough. So even at the most outer level, he changes the equation. He says it is the divine mother, the feminine, eternal feminine, the Shakti, which has to step into the forefront. Because she is the one who is the creatrix. Even the bodies of gods, even Sachidananda, the form of Sachidananda, cannot come into being without the Divine Mother. So this is she and much more. So Ashupati has to, someone has to do this tapasya to bring her down. And even that Shakti for tapasya. And that's what we see in Ashupati. That Ashupati, who is of course as we know, Shobindo himself. He engages in this tapasya because he knows man by himself. Ultimately, maximum he will go is that Vedantic formula, liberation beyond it, he cannot. Death cannot be conquered. He can escape. But death, conquer of death means conquest of all the laws upon physical earth. If you see, at the end of the story, all the laws and rules and habits of earth, physical matter, are going towards disintegration. The powers of disintegration always eventually take over the powers of creation. That's why there is death. So disintegration eventually has the upper hand. Whatever you may do, whether you call it pralaya, whether you call it death, whatever, at an individual level or collective level. So he wants to change it. Conquest of death means that, but only Divine Mother can change it. So Ashupati brings her down. And what she does, first she gives sight. You just read about sight. So Dhumatsena, the father of Satyavan, is the Divine Mind which has become blind. So we also, our origin is from there. But here we are blind. So somebody says God is there. We say we don't know. We don't see him. We don't see plenty of things including bacteria and air and New York City and they don't exist. I mean that logic is absurd. But nevertheless, even if we believe that they exist but we don't have the sight to see. We may have a belief. But we don't have the sight. So first thing she does it gives sight. This sight gives freedom from ignorance. Not intellectual understanding. You see you see the truth. So Dhyamat Sena is fallen blind and Savitri wins the boon. 
first rescue site from the clutch of death. Death has put a big thick cover. So when somebody dies, physical death. So what do we do? Ji chala gaya, rote hain as if he has gone. So people will tell you, read the Gita, there is soul. So, you know, soul is there, but intellectual knowledge of soul doesn't give solace. <laughs> okay, you know, sometimes it can be very ill-timed. Somebody is crying and you say, look, read the Gita. Na jayate amriyate va. Say, please, you know. <laughs> this is not the time, ill-timed. Later on, Gita is fine. But that's not what it is meant for. But imagine another scenario where we have the sight. We see, ah, the soul has come out. So many examples of mother, where child, child is dead and parents have come and the child's soul has come and receiving flower from the mother. Another lady whose husband died at young age and the lady goes to mother and says, she is obviously in tears, you know, she has a daughter and Mother says, ah, my child, and there is a teardrop in her eye because she understands human pain. So she embraces and says, do you want to meet him? Do you want to see him? He is there in my atmosphere. He has come here. Now she was unprepared for this. She doesn't give philosophy. She says, haven't you read the Gita? Why are you crying? You should be detached. No. She says, do you want to see him? Then she doesn't know. She is not prepared for this cancer. She says, no mother. I am happy that he is with you. That's enough. Now this because for mother it's a living truth. So it carries a power. It cannot be just said like that. And so she goes back. Full of her love and sweetness. And this is an experience of many people. Now you see. We are blind. Why? We cannot see the soul. Because death. The moment we enter here. It puts number of. Glasses, thick glasses, you know, when you go for lens testing, so they put that thick frame. So we are born with a cataract. That cataract is called ignorance. We can't see. And divine has to put a new implant. So see, rescue side, Dumat Sena. And then not just one side. By rescuing one side, she creates the possibility of many other. Each person that escapes the net of ignorance opens the doors for hundred more. That's what is meant by the family of Savitri and Satyavan. Because next boon she asks, I want hundred children. Also I want his empire back. What is that empire? It's not just that you see. See is knowledge. But the power, Samrajya, extending that power all around. So that also begins to come back. We are all the time thinking we are limited beings, so we are weak, hypnotized from everywhere. Oh, cancer ho gaya hai. Oh my God, somebody has signed a death warrant. But Savitri comes to reveal to us that we have that infinite power within us. The ocean of infinite Shakti is within us. The Divine Mother is with us. So the next step is that He wins the kingdom. And the third is the Divine Family. When all these three steps are done, when more and more souls enter into light and grow, when humanity reaches a point more and more people are throw away this illusion that death exists. Throw away this idea that we are condemned to darkness. When more and more human beings truly believe, not just in the mind, but have the living faith that the divine alone is and nothing else. 
then the kingdom of death will also vanish. That's what is called as the end of death, the death of ignorance, which comes in the end. In the traditional story, it's not there because it's a boon for the future. All that she does is win back Satyavan, but even to win back Satyavan and back to the same body means conquering the laws of physical nature. You can't do it otherwise. It's not just death will say, okay, go back. All the other elements which have started disintegrating the body will say, no, we have started a work. So it, may, it you cannot reverse like that. Sounds very simple. But you have to go through that whole process. So it means a certain number of forces have completely come under control of the conquered soul, of the soul that has emerged into knowledge. So the, the truth that emerges out of Savitri is not just the truth of knowledge, but also the power that comes with knowledge. It empowers us. Satyavan doesn't just come back to life. He conquers the sight. He conquers the kingdom. He has now the capacity to reproduce himself in many bodies. So it's a tremendous story and this is the symbol. Still, this is not a mere allegory. The characters are not personified qualities, but incarnations or emanations of living and conscious forces with whom we can enter into concrete touch and they take human bodies in order to help man and show him the way from the, his mortal state to a divine consciousness and immortal life. So it's not just a story, not just a symbol. Savitri and Satyavan, they come again and again. Ashupati, Dhyumatsena, they come again and again, embody themselves in life to lead man towards a diviner consciousness. And in this particular yoga, they are embodied as Shurabindo or Ashupati and the Divine Mother or Savitri. But, and this passage we'll read, then we'll stop. Now we start with, where did this all story begin? And Shubindo is a realist. It's called spiritual realist. So we all will say, okay, all that is fine, but we are in a state of utter darkness. He says, yes, everything starts with a darkness. But darkness is not the end of everything. Everything grows towards the light. So we have on very first page... It was the hour before the gods awake. It is the first star of creation. When creation is plunged into darkness, across the path of the divine event, look how beautifully, creation is a divine event. Shubindu asks us to celebrate life, celebrate creation. But let us not celebrate in the ignorant way. Because if we celebrate in the ignorant way, then there will be an unwelcome guest in the party. And that's called Mr. Death. He just knows how to enter. He doesn't need an identity card. So he just enters and sits there and says, Okay, now the celebration is over. I am the person who is the event manager. <laughs> Give me my pay. What's your pay? Each one, this disease, arthritis, another person, gastritis. <laughs> Ultimately you say, what party was this, sir? But there is another party where also we have an unknown visitor. That party is related in the Kena Upanishad. And that party is party of the gods celebrating the victory. And who is the unseen guest there? The Divine Mother who assumes the form of a unknown, unknowable. He is moving there at the end. And what is he doing? He doesn't want to give us diseases and all this. He just wants to remind us, don't forget 
this victory belongs to the lord to the eternal this change of stance we celebrate life so much better so life is a divine event we don't have to shun it we don't have to become sadhus who are saying oh this world is illusion punarapi janamam punarapi marnam punarapi janani jatrashanam well at one level it's so true and it's so silly to be born again and again but that's not the highest truth the highest truth is we come from the light to light we go that's what shivendra reveals in savitri but meanwhile there is darkness so we have entered a dark field across the path of the divine event the huge foreboding mind of night alone in her unlit temple of eternity lay stressed immobile upon silence march so it starts with the state we are in in the womb just as creation is plunged into darkness it's a state of womb it's also true of our physical body it's also true psychologically we don't know anything child doesn't know that if it touches fire it will burn psychologically it's also true spiritually so everything starts from darkness just few lines but something is within this darkness which pushes us that's why we grow we take the challenge of life and we have this line as in a dark beginning of all things everything begins from that state a mute featureless semblance of the unknown repeating forever the unconscious act prolonging forever the unseen will cradle the cosmic drowse of ignorant force whose moved creative slumber kindles the suns and carries our lives in its somnambulist world this one passage is enough for a lifetime of meditation look at what it means we wake up there is night does it mean that the day has stopped no it's still moving moving towards what towards the dawn why because sun is still there i can't see it earth has turned moved creative slumber so also when there is utter darkness divine consciousness is still there hidden inside there is no eternal hell no eternal condemnation what is it doing it's pushing things from within but we don't understand so we are just repeating the unconscious act that unconscious act is punarapi janmam punarapi marnam but something is pushing from within creation to emerge into the light and that something is nothing else but the divine consciousness so 3 4 you know it's uh, it's so difficult to stop once we start savitri i don't know i don't feel like stopping ah so that means it's an indication <laughs> yeah so let me just uh, the light comes eventually the light comes through this darkness eventually light breaks through and this world is lit up so every day there is the first teacher who is the first teacher sun i tell this to people I said who is the first teacher is not in the school not parents sun is the teacher what does he teach us however thick the darkness light will come It's such a wonderful lesson with the coming of sun there comes hope and joy and we all wake up with new possibility but what happens by midday especially in pondicherry 
oh my god let's go back and you know put some umbrella put some shelter we are desperately looking it's too much we don't want so much energy we can't take it isn't it we want little less we are too happy with littleness that's the problem because our patra is very small after a while even readings your window savitri ji bahut achhi hai ji bahut zor ki neend aa rahi hai so jao savitri laga ke so jao it's true can't help it you know because the receptacle is very small so this light comes the divine comes on earth but we cannot take it so we have the description for which we will stop hard is it to persuade earth nature's change sun comes to wake us up put us on the onward march mortality bears ill the eternal touch it fears the pure divine intolerance of that assault of ether and of fire this page 7 it murmurs at its sorrowless happiness almost with hate repels the light it brings it trembles at its naked power of truth and the might and sweetness of its absolute voice and few lines below when grace comes how do we respond it turns against the savior hands of grace it meets the sons of god with death and pain only they leave behind a splendid name this what we ultimately turn it into a religion a cult a sect or it put god into a temple that too in a small room all else is priest pandas sas bahu all this the real deity hidden there but this not how it should be the divine mother has not come for this she has come to light up the whole world and every passage she is not happy that only when you are face to face in that little kona you know we have god in the cupboard so we open it and say my daily lay we please take care of me after that god is forgotten living room bedroom office no god how will we tell lies <laughs> so we have fears the pure divine intolerance you know its life will change if we start believing that krishna is here sitting here how will we behave very differently shobindo gave one rule in the ashram you'll see there are no rules what is this place nobody is telling a particular dress to wear no this thing there is one rule you know the rule which is there in the ashram from the beginning when shobindo was asked to give a rule for the sadhaks he said there is one rule that i will give to you always behave as if the mother is always present looking at you always behave as if the mother is looking at you because she is indeed always present do nothing try to think and feel nothing that would be unworthy of the divine presence imagine that all the time mother is with us so this is how he introduces savitri sun comes light is everywhere there is celebration there is joy there is hope and he brings in this powerful line packed with all the power in in it page 6 how he introduces savitri just 3 4 minutes more and savitri to evoke among these tribes 
these tribes he summarizes all the caste cult religion nationalities everything ultimately our nature is tribal instead of throwing stones we throw bombs worse instead of capturing you know fields small fields now we capture nations <laughs> tribal shubindu even uses the word economic barbarism tribes so which tribes all of us that hasened now the difference savitri to evoke among these tribes the divine mother has become human but the difference that hasened to join the brilliant summoners chant the tribes they have woken up they are joining the brilliant summoners sun is saying wake up wake up and lured by the beauty of the apparent ways acclaimed their portion of ephemeral joy what are they rushing towards ah aaj khushi khushi aaj ki dehadi aaj mujhe isse milna hai he will fix a deal this is their everyday life joined the brilliant but this is the tragedy of a life so if a child says we are all i think teachers and parents if a child says i'll become a doctor and does very well parents are so happy ah bhagwan di badi grace ji if the child says mama you know what i want to join the shivabindu ashram who taught you all this <laughs> surely you must have heard somebody you know or did you go to pandichi pandichi doesn't exist you know what people are there all the horrible people are there don't go there not good people and then or they will say have you seen any sadhu sanyasi they they are all wearing normal pant shirt and moving around they have no rules, have, huh? no have rules. rules. <laughs> don't go there not a good place then if the child comes say no but samadhi is there some oh yes but shurbinder said all life is yoga come after when you are retired 60 70 then you should take to this life because we are lured by the apparent ways but for her akin to the eternity when she came no part she took in this small happiness a mighty stranger in the human field the embodied guest within made no response time's message of brief light was not for her she has come for something different and this is what shrivindo wants us to wake up to through savitri at another place he says oh force compelled fate driven earth born race oh prisoners of a dwarf humanity and petty adventurers in an infinite world but not for a changeless littleness where you meant not for vain repetition where you built what are we built for he says this transient earthly being if he so wills can fit his acts into the transcendent scheme can fill his orbs with the immortal sight and if you are opening it then we will read out that passage and stop it's a very you opening that line o force compelled fate driven earth born race o petty adventurers in an infinite world yes oh i have opened it oh my gosh no no strangely the mark is here i don't know why because i have not put these marks i have put these so see how divine work faster than computer <laughs> Ah, uh, 370. Oh, force compelled, fate-driven, earth-born race, 
O petty adventurers in an infinite world and prisoners of a dwarf humanity, how long will you tread the circling tracks of mine? Now look, we don't have to understand the context. The divine is asking us around your little self and petty things. Kab tak ye chalega? Ghar, sansar, bivi, bache, husband, ye kab tak? Petty self and little things. But not for a changeless littleness where you meant. Not for vain repetition where you built. Out of the immortal's substance you were made. Look, that's the vision. We are made out of himself. Your actions can be swift revealing steps. Your life, a changeful mold for growing gods. The last few lines, they are very powerful. Authors of earth's high change, to you it is given. We, who are we? We are meant to bring this change, this original script, the cosmic script. We are the ones through whom the divine wants to execute it. Authors of earth's high change, to you it is given. To cross the dangerous spaces of the soul. It's a very dangerous journey. That's why people who cannot take the normal difficulties of ordinary life, they are not ready for yoga. Mother used to say that if you can't even take the difficulties of ordinary life, don't come here to escape from life because yogic life has far greater inner challenges. Ordinary life you are fighting with visible force. That's my neighbor or my husband or my wife or my boss, somebody outside you. But here, apni nafas se ladte hain. We fight with our own ego, unseen, intangible Entering into every fabric of a being. So it's a dangerous passage because it resists. And touch the mighty mother stark awake. Savitri has woken up but nobody recognizes. And meet the omnipotent in this house of flesh, not somewhere else. In the body we must be able to meet the omnipotent. Difficult because it will blow off. It's not built for that. But if we cannot, then we have to Give up the dream of a divine life. We can have inner experiences or withdraw into trance. But if staying in this body, in the waking consciousness, we can meet the omnipotent, then a divine life is possible. And make of life the million bodied one. I just love this line. It's not just me, she, he, her. It's one, not even us. One. One in many bodies. That consciousness we have to awaken to. The earth you tread is a border screened from heaven. The life you lead conceals the light you are. So this is the story. The life we lead conceals the real story which is going on. So Savitri is a revelation of that story. I just don't know, don't feel like stopping, but anyways. Yeah. No. 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 No.